What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Super Swag Podcast. I am Damon Leba, along with Anthony Stevens. That is Anthony Stevens. Stephens. Stephens, yeah. <laughs> this is episode 46, and today, just like last week, we're not doing the news really this week. We got a uh, kind of a special episode. I don't know why nothing's happening right now in the world. Nothing's happening. I mean, there's a lot happening, but it's nothing that we care to speak of. Nothing's speak happening about. in the entertainment industry. Yeah, mainly just like Godzilla and Kong is like the big yeah. thing right now. It, it, it's been recycled through the uh, news cycle yeah. a couple times. Until Mortal Kombat comes out next week. Yes, then I, I feel like I could probably talk for hours on that. We might have uh, multiple episodes. And yeah. videos for sure on that one. Oh yeah, we're we're definitely gonna do a review, and hopefully it's not an hour long like our Justice League review. Yeah, we we what we should do is do like as soon as we get out of the theater, do a review in the car, okay. just like a quick one, like film it. Yeah, we okay. could even interview people in the theater. That would be interesting. Like, what'd you think of this movie, bitch? Do you think anybody would actually stop and talk to us? They'd be like, no, COVID, get the fuck away from me. I feel like some people would. That'd be dope. Yeah, I, I'd be excited to do that. Yeah, you should wear like a like a suit. Maybe not like a like a whole like shirt, but like the blazer and wear just a tie around your neck. I'm gonna get a tuxedo shirt, yeah, and like uh, like Talladega Nights, and then wear a wig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna be like this fucking like white supremacist came up to me and asked me how I like yeah, the movie. Yeah, because you can't come up with a shaved head and you're white. Yeah, and, and you have tattoos and, on your yeah, head. Yeah, the tattoos on the head don't help. Yeah, not good. Yeah, if people knew who I was friends with, I'd be all right, but. You yeah, know, you can't be going out to people by yourself. I, I literally got fired from a job when I was 16 because of my haircut. Because <laughs> <laughs> this old lady thought I was racist because I was bald. Damn. It was fun. But let's get on to what we're actually talking about. First off, how was your week? My week was a week. Was a week. And that's all I'll say. That, that sounds like it has some baggage attached to it. There's some baggage. There's some luggage. <laughs> Uh, I know you're doing some uh, house hunting at the moment, so that's probably stressful. It's it, it's not really stressful. It's just kind of like annoying because mm-hmm. like for some reason, I don't know. When I was watching my mom do it, she get replies back instantly and like tours and stuff, and nobody responds to me on anything. It's because they know you're a millennial, and they're like, I don't want a fucking millennial on my lease. You're, you're probably right. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, that's going. It's going. I mean, if you t- if you just put in on your thing that you're straight edge, you might have a better pro- uh, chance. Oh, I thought you were going to stop after you say straight. <laughs> no, I'm not a bigot. So Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, because they're like, oh, this kid's not going to party here, so we should be all right. But little do they know. Yeah. I can still party. Yes. I've never seen it, but yes. <laughs> you will. <laughs> I will. All right. How was your week? It was uneventful. I... Worked all week. Nice. And went to the gym a couple times. That was about it. Okay. Oh, I saw you shoveling when I got here, so. Oh, yeah. I got really drunk last night, but other than that, it was <laughs> yeah. really uneventful. You get drunk every night, I feel like. No, I get drunk every week. Okay. <laughs> uh, I just had a couple people over and drank some beers and didn't uh, really abide by the COVID rules. Did you do so. anything homosexual? Uh, extremely. Okay. No, not at all. <laughs> cool. Uh, no, just hung out, drank, and played some Mortal Kombat, so. Nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I had fun. That's all that mattered. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But uh, yes. So every year around this time, the Oscars happen, and we did not uh, watch any of the films because no. it was a very uh, weird year. It was a weird year, and like a lot of movies came out for streaming, and I didn't really. I don't know, I had my mindset on what I was gonna watch, yeah. and I think now looking at the list, I think I'll go back and like watch 
the Oscar nominees oh, yeah. for this year, like best picture stuff. I, I definitely want to watch uh, the Riz Ahmed movie. Uh, heavy, what was it? Heavy metal. Sound of metal. Sound of metal. Yes, I want to see that. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. Did they change the rules this year for uh, the prerequisites of being able to be nominated? I don't know for sure, but I do know they moved the Oscars back because it's premiering this month. Normally, it's like beginning of March, I think. Okay. Normally. So, it got pushed back, but yeah, the prerequisites, I don't know. So, like, they don't have to be shown in theaters anymore to get nominated? I don't think for this year they did. Yeah. Do you yeah. think they'll go back on that? They will next year. Okay. Yeah. Um... So what we decided to do instead uh, is go over our, I don't know if we would call it our favorite, but maybe our most um, pointed and irritating Oscar snubs of all time. Yes. We each got five picks. Yes. Um, it's going to be very interesting to go through. And luckily, we've already seen each other's lists, so every pick is different, which is nice. We don't have anything that's shared. Um, do you want to go first, Damien? Uh, sure. Uh, let me start at the bottom. I'm going to start with number five. Okay. And you have this ranked, uh, from like least irritating to most irritating. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So my number five is Tom Cruise. And as a career, he's only had three nominations, no wins. The amount of, j just as a general thing, like the amount of actors and directors who have never even really gotten like a win at the Oscars is insane just because looking at the list you have uh i think spike lee you have alfred hitchcock for directors and then the obvious one that people were irritated about until it was changed with the revenant leonardo dicaprio got snubbed every time he was up yeah because he, he he was just putting out like great performance after great performance oh yeah like there i don't think i've ever seen a movie i didn't like him in i weirdly like looking back on it i love what's eating gilbert grape yeah yeah I, I just recently i think i saw that one like fully like a couple years ago Dang. and it was like damn it's did you ever see romeo and juliet i did and I, i'll be honest that's the only thing he did well and not that he was bad i just you didn't like the movie as a whole yeah i watched that in school especially because they call their guns swords <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah it's just like the, the original like dialogue yeah. but it's like in 1996 era yeah it, it was hilarious it it felt like a mind fuck yeah it was very hard to like it was very um, sit through. ambitious it was maybe a bit pretentious it was very pretentious yeah. <laughs> um i mean i enjoyed it but like you were saying with tom cruise though he has done a lot of things over the years that like it's surprising he hasn't gotten anything like jerry Maguire alone yeah he got nominated for that i feel like if he was gonna win for anything it would have been that one mm -hmm. um and uh, like a, i think a snub like a nomination snub was definitely him in tropic thunder oh god when he i don't remember the character's name uh les grossman yeah les grossman i love that fucking movie he changed like his body he looked fatter you couldn't People recognize him no, he was even in the movie, and even after the movie was over, like, if you didn't know his mannerisms, you would not have guessed it was him. No, no, and he he, he really went for it in that role. Yeah, he did. Yeah. That so, was insane. Yeah, and that's mainly just because it's crazy just as a career, like, just three nominations, so that's why he's on as my number five. Yeah, no, I 100% think that makes mm. sense. Um, My number five would probably be... Uh, Mickey Rourke got snubbed in 2009 for uh, Best Actor. Uh, he 
lost over Sean Penn and Milk. And not that Sean Penn isn't a good actor, but... I feel like the wrestler had more of a physical toll, too. Not not only that, but, like... I felt like it was just more popular because it was, like, a political biopic thing. Yeah, and like I said, like, biopics, just in general, usually tend to win more than anything else. Yeah, because there's a comparison you can make to the real yeah, thing. Yeah, and you can, you can really, like, see what the acting's, like, I don't know, you compare it to something, like yeah. you said, yeah. Well, and, like, and this is unrelated, but, like, the year that um, Bohemian Rhapsody came out, I don't think it deserved an Oscar nod at all, but I think that... Like, for Best Picture? For Best Picture. Okay. But it did... But I do think that Rami Malek deserved the, at least a nomination for Best Actor. Yeah, because it's just the movie as a whole, the movie itself, it just it's very, it follows a very like, it's formulaic the oh, way yeah. a biopic is. Just like Straight Outta Compton was formulaic too. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, and I liked Straight Outta Compton, but I mean, I wouldn't say that's. It wasn't Oscar anything worthy. fucking groundbreaking. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was still though more groundbreaking than. Bohemian Rhapsody was. And speaking of Bohemian Rhapsody, it would have been really interesting to see if Sha- Sasha Baron Cohen would have stayed in that role. Oh. And David, I think David Fincher was going to direct mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that would have been like a while. I would have probably been more happy with the movie. But even Sasha Baron Cohen has said the reason he left the movie was because the rest of the band wanted to make it more about them than uh, Freddie Mercury. So. Yeah, and if David Fincher did it with Sasha Baron Cohen, that would have been more... It would have been Art House. It would have been Art House. There would have been more to it than just the typical formulaic biopic movie. 100%. Especially, that dude has range, like, weirdly. The only thing I will say that, like, made it work with Rami Malek is they kind of have, like, the same mouth. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. was, like, one for one, almost. <laughs> and it would surprise people because, like, for the most part, like, general audiences, all they know of Sasha Baron Cohen is fucking Borat. Oh. That's, like, the biggest thing for him. Well, he got a nom... He's getting a nomination this year for uh, Trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah. So... Yeah. He's definitely not a slouch. He was fantastic in the Sweeney Todd movie. What year was that? Like 2012? It was even before that. Was it before Yeah, because I was in middle school. I mean, I love that movie. Everything yeah. I've ever seen him in, I loved him in. Yeah, and he was even like, people know him from Talladega Nights too, oh. as the, the gay Frenchman <laughs> racer. Like, I, I can't understand you. It sounds like you have peanut butter stuck to the roof of your mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, He was fantastic in that one too. But like, that's the thing. He's almost so transformative. Like, People don't even recognize him, especially because Borat, he did as a thing on the Ollie G show yep. before it was ever a movie. Mm-hmm. So he has Ollie G, he has Borat, he has Bruno. Bruno, Bruno that didn't do so good. It didn't. That was, the dictator. Oh, God. That was not that good. And that honestly just felt like another version of Borat, yeah. honestly. But it, it was just like kind of cash grabby. Oh, it was for sure. But other than that, he's a fantastic actor. Oh, yeah. And his wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isla I, Fisher. Yeah. Mm, yes. I I'm liked like, her in Wedding Crashers. How? <laughs> I, I, that didn't make sense to me either, but yeah. her in Wedding Crashers was fantastic. Yes, for I sure. I bought her as a psycho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, what is your number four? My number four, this is the 2006 Oscars, and the winner for Best Picture that year was Crash, which was just a big like compilation, like a, a ensemble of actors, and it was like a very... It was Oscar bait. Mm-hmm. It's a typical Oscar bait. And... There's actually plenty of movies that could have won over that and I would have been fine with. Like, A Brokeback Mountain was nominated and yeah. uh, Seabiscuit. Of, of the nominations, I'd say that's the one that would have caught my eye was okay. Brokeback Mountain. And the one I chose was Capote, which I actually actually haven't seen, but I just know 
I've seen like clips of it and just Philip Seymour Hoffman as an actor, he's all, like, always fucking good. Oh yeah. And that definitely looked like it would have should have won over that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Cuz he did the voice, he did the mannerisms, everything. Yeah. He went really deep for that role and yeah. I th- I think that actually took a pretty big toll on him. It did. So, yeah. and especially if you fast forward down the line to his death, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it kind of shows you how serious he took his roles. Yeah. So. He was definitely like a method actor. Oh, 100%. Yeah. They're, they're, method acting is nice, but it's definitely scary for people like that. Yeah, like, it's really scary. Like, you got, I think the biggest one that people go to is um, Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. Yes. He, dude literally almost has died for a few roles. <laughs> yep. Jared Leto wants to be a method actor, I feel like. I don't think he's there yet. Well, I mean. He got. He does it. He gave himself gout <laughs> to play Mark David Chapman, which he was the best part of an awful movie. Yeah. When he tried to play, what was it, the twenty fifth or not? No, it was. I can't remember the name of the movie, but where he played Wasn't it chapter something chapter, chapter twenty seven. Yeah. Um, where he played the uh, assassin of uh, John, John Lennon. Yep. And he literally would eat like tubs of ice cream every day, and he ended up getting gout. So. Yeah, and even in Dallas Buyers Club, he lost a bunch of weight to play the uh, transsexual male, pro- yeah, or, uh, uh, prostitute. prostitute. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was fantastic in there. Yeah, and he rightfully won Best Supporting Actor mm-hmm. that year, but he has not been able to recapture that since. Yeah, uh, with roles like the Joker, <laughs> right? And yeah, the 2006 Oscars just as a whole, like. That's just a perfect example of them just saying fuck it and going with the thing that kind of fits. Oh, yeah. What, like, whatever maybe criteria they have or just maybe they don't want to look t- deeper into stuff. Maybe. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. I think that, uh, I, I don't know. I, I definitely feel like he would have been perfect for that. But I think if it were any other year, Brokeback Mountain probably, especially if it was closer to now. Especially now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just with the whole, like... I don't want to sound like an asshole, but like woke <laughs> culture. Yeah. It, it seems like it would be a shoe in for a win. Yep. But, uh, I still haven't seen it. I've, <laughs> I've only seen the scene. Yeah. But we'll, yeah, we'll talk more about <laughs> it in a second. Oh yeah. Um, so that was your number four, right? That was my number four. So my number four would probably be in 2019 green book one. Um, not that it's a bad movie. Uh, that's another example of like the woke culture. Yeah. Well that, and just the, the Oscar bait movie winning. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, cause it is a biopic, right? Yes. Um, and Mahershala Ali is a fantastic actor. You can't take anything away from him mm-hmm. and you can't take anything away from, uh, Mr. Aragorn. I can't think of his name. Viggo Morganson. Yeah. I just think of him as Aragorn anymore. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I mean, they were both fantastic. Mm-hmm. I know uh, he got in a little bit of trouble during the press because he said the N-word a couple times. Yeah, he was just... <laughs> ranting? Yeah, he wasn't even, like... He didn't say it, like, in a bad way, but he did say it. Yeah, it, it was because I think he felt like he fit in with the the culture. Yeah, maybe. Because it, it it wasn't, like, mean-hearted or anything. It was almost like... It, was, it just came out. Yeah. Um, but... The movie that I personally think should have won that year was Black Klansman. Yes. I think it was... You have two actors in there who I think are just absolutely fantastic. Uh, And it was, for the most part, the first real acting I got to see from those two guys, from uh, John David Washington and Adam Driver. Mm -hmm. Because... And uh, honestly, like, even... uh, What's his name that plays David Duke? Uh, 
the oh uh, I, uh Eric, Grace. yeah Eric Foreman yeah Tor- uh, he was even Eddie Brock really good. yeah <laughs> Eddie, just no yeah um he he was even really good in there yeah uh but you got kind of got to see like the acting background of John David Washington and Adam Driver and it it really made me like their acting more and it kind of endeared me even more to uh him and, as Kylo Ren. Was that John David Washington's first, like, real role? It's the first one I remember of his. Okay, yeah, because that was the first time. I, I didn't even know he existed. Yeah. I was like, he sounds a lot. Like, I didn't even he, know his name yeah, when I watched it. Yeah, he don't even, it. like, look like him too much, but he sounds like <laughs> The him. voice is almost, like, one for yeah. one. Like, you could close your eyes and you see you can see Denzel. Yeah. Like, and it's crazy. Adam Driver rightfully... I don't, I don't know if he won, but I know he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Yeah. And honestly, if he didn't, I don't know who was up that year, but yeah. I would almost go for him hands down. Because I don't know what it was about that movie. It felt unique. Because it didn't feel preachy, but it was very... I don't It was very, like, tastefully done. Yeah, and Adam Driver actually, like... After I saw him as Kylo Ren in The Force Awakens... Like, I started looking up stuff about yeah. him afterwards, and he's, like, really the one, the first one that really kind of, like, turned me into the direction of, like, getting interested in acting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it was him. I can see that 100%, yeah. especially because he wasn't anybody's, like, idea of an actor when he started, because he was literally a Marine. And yeah. He was he, getting ready to get deployed. He got injured on a bike, yeah. bike ride. What, what, he, like, fractured... Collarbone, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was something like that, or, like, a rib. Something, yeah. And it made it to where he couldn't get deployed, and he was, like, super depressed. Yeah. He was like, well, like, I guess I'll try acting. And he should nominated for... I mean, not nominated. He got auditioned for Juilliard. Yeah. Did he get in? He didn't get in the first time. I think he not, uh, got auditioned a second time and got in. Okay. And then he just went from there. A lot and, of fucking actors have gone there. And then he got his big break in Girls, didn't he? Girls was, like, the big thing yeah. before Star Wars. And then you got Star Wars, and then you got uh, Black Klansman, Marriage Story. Inside Lewin Davis. I haven't seen that one. Um, While We're Young, I think it's called. Okay. Ben Stiller and, and Adam Driver. Um, Isn't he in, uh, not, is it Logan Lucky? Yeah. He was in Logan Lucky yeah. with Jenny Tatum. <laughs> yeah. I still need to watch that That's one, fantastic. too. fantastic. Um, I've only heard good things about that mm. one. And more recently, Marriage Story. Yes, Marriage Story was fantastic. Yes, it was. I was honestly kind of sad that that one didn't, like, win more awards. I know. Like, it had a lot of competition, so it's hard to argue. Because yeah. you had The Joker, and you had The Parasite. Parasite. But, and as much as I loved his acting in that movie, because, dude, I was, I freaked the fuck out in that scene where he punched the wall. <laughs> but, I... You're you, fucking insane. Yeah. You, it's hard to argue against Joaquin as Joker. Yeah, it really is. In that movie, uh, Marriage Story, it's like the subject matter is kind of depressing, but oh, it's yeah. like a almost a fun movie to watch. Oh yeah, mainly like, I think just because the acting aspect, like, like I really like stuff like that. It feels real, like yeah, it's visceral. It's not like a downer. It is, but it's not. It it it's a downer, but it has its bright sides to where it feels like life. Like yeah, where shit can suck, but you can still find the kind of like holes in it to make you happy yeah and you got a movie like on the other hand you got a movie like pieces of a woman that's on netflix you mm-hmm. haven't seen it yet no i haven't but um that's just straight a downer the whole time <laughs> <laughs> kind of like uh saint Maud, in a different way in a different way for okay. sure yeah this was more because this is just real life yeah. saint Maud is kind of fantastical oh it's very fantastical yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so what was your number three? Oh uh, yeah going to number three um, this is a movie snub this time, and we got Saving Private Ryan. Lost out to Shakespeare and love of all fucking movies. 
back in 1999. I, I don't even... I've never even seen Shakespeare, Shakespeare in Love. I haven't either, but it's just one of those, again, Oscar bait musical type movies. Oh, 100%. Yeah, and Saving oh. Private Ryan, just as a war movie, it is my second favorite movie of all time. And just the opening scene alone... You haven't seen it? Have you seen it? Uh, which one? Saving Private Ryan. Oh, uh, no, I have not. Okay. Well, the opening scene is D-Day. Okay. And that's like the most like realistic depiction of what it was. But I think effect-wise, acting-wise, you got a whole ensemble of mm-hmm. these big actors. Well, Steven I, Spielberg directing, too. I know it had a great twist at the end of the movie, too. I hate the fact that I I have nothing to do at work, so I watch <laughs> list videos all day. And you kind of ruin stuff yeah, for yourself. a lot. And I'm like... So you know what the twist is, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, because the whole movie, and obviously, um, spoilers, if you don't want to hear this, just mute for like 30 seconds. But... The fact that they were able to make the makeup on Matt Damon look enough like Tom Hanks. Yeah, because I remember the first time I watched it, I thought that was Tom Hanks. Yeah, and, and a lot of people apparently yeah. did it. Like, it fooled the hell out of him because yeah. they're like, okay, so like this is him kind of just telling the story of this guy they went to save. And mm-hmm. it whether it worked out or not, you don't know until you realize that it's Matt Damon Yeah. in the makeup. Yeah, it's just a, a World War II epic type of movie and... Yeah, I'm surprised I didn't win. Along with uh, his other World War II movie that Steven Spielberg had was Schindler's List. Oh, yeah. That was a different side of it. but Didn't that win Best Picture that year? I want to say it did. Because it was definitely an Oscar. Yeah. And that <laughs> that precedes uh, The Phantom Menace for uh, Homeboy. <laughs> yeah, for Liam Neeson. Le- Liam Neeson. His, I really... I think that's one of my biggest pet peeves about that original Star Wars trilogy or not original but the prequel trilogy is that we didn't get more liam neeson we didn't even get a fucking force ghost nope i I loved him so much in those and there's a rumor that he's gonna be in the new obi-wan show and i'm so up and in for that dude like nothing else quite fucking gin (laughs) but yeah number three saving private ryan yeah definitely should have fucking won over shakespeare in love i can 100 percent agree with that it shakespeare in love isn't something that even interests me so no whereas saving private ryan like I don't know why, and anytime someone used to say that, I used to think they were talking about G.I. Jane. No idea why. Completely fucking different. And I know, but, like, as a kid, those two, like, were so side-by-side in my yeah. household, because, like, people talked about them right next to each other, and it just became, like, blended in my head. Ah, uh, okay. So I was like, I don't want to watch Demi Moore in a fucking boot camp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Yo, number three. My number three would be The Dark Knight getting a full snub and not even being nominated for best picture let alone winning over slumdog millionaire and i liked slumdog millionaire a lot that's what i haven't seen really yeah i actually really liked it i didn't think i would like it because i'm like I, I don't know anything about like indian culture to make it to where i'd feel interested but they do a very good job yeah um i just this is me being a super nerd and being a batman mark and loving that movie in general, let alone the performance by Heath Ledger, which he won Best Supporting Actor for. Yep, posthumously. Yes. Um, Unfortunately. And it almost feels like a tainted win because of that, Um, for that part, where, like, if he wouldn't have passed away... Do you think he still would have won? I think he still would have deserved to, but I feel like he only got the win because of... Comic book movies are not, like, literally, you can ask some of the biggest directors in the world. It's not 
cinema. Well, yeah, even the Oscars, they don't like genre films. They don't like horror movies. They don't like comic book movies. Yeah. You're, they literally had to make an animated section because people were pissed that, like, certain things weren't getting nominated. Yeah. Because it, it just was, it felt niche. And it's crazy because some animated movies hold more weight than fucking, like, real-life movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at Toy Story uh, 3. The amount of people that, like, literally cried in a movie theater yeah. that weren't able to do that in any other film that year. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I feel like because it was a comic book movie, it didn't get the love it should have, and it wouldn't have gotten the love it did for Heath Ledger had he not died. Right. At least in the Oscar sense. As a movie in itself, it's obviously a legendary picture. Yes. Um, but... I mean, people say it's the best comic book movie of all time. A lot of people think that. I, I do feel that way, uh, but I also feel like people change their minds every year. Because, yeah. I mean, I'll go back and watch Endgame just for, like, certain sections that, like, bring me, like, emotion. Like, You're not going to sit there and watch the whole fucking, like, I mean, I, I did the other day, but, like, I can literally just go in and, like, pick out scenes and, like... It almost makes me tear up. Okay. Like the I Love You 3000 stuff. I put a lot more uh, weight on uh, comic book movies than most people will. And a lot more than the Academy ever will. Like we finally got, um, what what is it? Uh, Black Panther in 2019. And I don't personally think that it should have... Uh, really even been nominated that year i did love the movie it just yeah. didn't feel like it did enough to warrant that no there was no way it should have been nominated for best picture because it really is it follows kind of the marvel the mcu formula 100 percent. There was, so there's there was nothing, nothing different about it yeah and it came out the same year as infinity war right yes so yeah february of that year anyway. if nothing else on scale I would almost say that Infinity War would deserve a nod more. I did love the story in Black Panther, I'm not going to lie, especially because acting alone, Michael B. Jordan killed it. Yeah, he was really good in that one. Um, but I wouldn't say that even compared to Dark Knight that that would deserve an Oscar. Yeah, and I would almost say like recently the the one that really, I think, put comic book movies on the map more so. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I, there's no argument. Joker? Yeah. yeah. That's really going to... Gonna tell going forward how they view comic movies now. Oh yeah, for but sure. Even then, I think it will have to be more in the vein of Joker to get an award. It can't be connected to a universe because they can't do anything unique outside of. Let me put it this way: There's no one who has a mind that can connect multiple movies. I think that the consensus will be that it was good. Yeah, and I think the next comic comic book movie to maybe have a chance at that would be Batman, just based oh, off what we've seen so far. I, I read a rumor today, too, and I know we're breaking from our little thing. <laughs> yeah. They're talking about giving, at least in terms of direction, like majority control to Robert Pattinson on where they go for the next two movies. Really? Yeah. Like so, him and Matt Reeve will sit down and like pick Go over villains and directions and I'm stuff fine like with that. that if he's that good and, they, and, he, and he deserves that then yeah oh yeah 100% I'd be yeah. happy I also do hope they just stick with the same director and actor the whole time because Batman has a habit of changing actors yeah and then we'll really see if Warner Brothers is like reactionary or not oh no depending on which way the the reception of this movie is I just I, I think it's going to be really good. I do too. So hopefully they just stick with 
what Matt Reeves wants to do, Robert Pattinson wants to do, and they don't get involved after it. Well, and I think that studios need to pay attention to certain things and realize, like, sometimes critical acclaim is not all that it's cracked up to be. Yeah. Because you have people who are going to give it a bad review because it's a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like certain movies that earn 100% on Rotten Tomatoes deserve it. Like, I remember there was uh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri almost got it. And one, um, what, what, what do you call it? Critic decided to give it a down, a rotten, yeah. because he didn't feel like it was perfect. Yeah. He's like, I love the movie, but... I don't feel like it deserved 100% of yeah. Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, that is a dick move. Yeah, and plus, like, I don't really put too much stock into Rotten Tomato scores anyway. Yeah. They're just kind of like, you shouldn't, like, base your opinion on the movie off of that, but it's something to maybe, like, it'll get you interested or not. Oh, yeah. No, and and, and I agree, but what I'm saying is, like, I think studios look at that a lot more they than do, they should. Yeah. yeah, they look at the wrong shit, but I think just Matt Reeves... So far, it looks like he's doing what he wants to do. Oh, yeah. I think that's a good sign. Well, and if you look at their both of their track records, minus Twilight, um, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can really argue with. I mean, look at the Ape series alone. Yeah. And everything Robert Pattinson has done since Twilight. And right. It's kind of hard to argue not to give them a little bit of freedom. But at the same time, I remember before Venom came out when they were making it, no. I used to think, like, well, I trust Tom Hardy because he don't pick. He doesn't usually pick bad stuff. Yeah. Or Woody Harrelson or Michelle Williams. Uh, then I'm like, damn. Yeah. But it's weird because people still love that movie. Like, yeah. I'm, I'll be honest, it's not my favorite by any means. Mm-hmm. But it's it, fun to watch. It got a lot of love. Yeah. Um. They did. They did what they wanted to do with it. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely did. Uh, what is your number two, sir? We're getting to the, like the heavy stuff, the real bad stuff here. Um, my number two. Tony Collette and Hereditary, she didn't even get a nomination that year. And, which is funny, I think I think a, a reason why is that it is a horror movie, and they usually don't, you know, give horror movies a second look, but, like, Hereditary is more dramatic than anything else, I think. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. I actually watched that for the first time a week and a half ago. Yeah. And I love that movie. Yeah, and I think it's on the level of an exorcist in in the way that, like, how it's made, it's more dramatic and more human. There's more human aspects to mm-hmm. it than something like fantastical or fucking like, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. There is at the end, but like. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is pretty much the majority of the story. The reason for what's going on is fantastical, yeah. but it's not. I don't know. It doesn't feel. It doesn't feel too out there. Yeah. And just her, like, performance alone, like, her performance during the like meeting they had that group meeting mm-hmm. and the dinner table scene oh yeah that alone like should have got her fucking oscar nomination it felt very real <laughs> yeah. like it felt like a family grieving like yeah. there was not anything that felt like out of place in the way they were acting yeah and after charlie gets decapitated and shit and you see her, tony collette on the floor like crying that like that was intense too and i'll be honest i love the casting but I don't feel like those two kids fit those two parents. Really? Like, because the boy seems like he's a, like a darker complexion than both of them. Mm-hmm. And the girl's like whiter than both of them. That's interesting because that didn't cross my mind at all. I, I, I don't know why. I think it's just like a little pet peeve. Uh-huh. But, I mean, the acting was fantastic and yeah. you believed it. 
Dude, like, everyone in that movie was fucking good. Yeah. No, they were awesome. Yeah, but especially Tony Collette, she pretty much... She does overshadow everyone else. But, oh, dude, 100%. Yeah, but I think since it was a horror, horror movie that or marketed as a horror movie, that's probably the main reason why. Yeah. When I'm, I'm getting ready to also watch... Uh, I'm thinking of ending things, and she was the biggest draw for me to start looking at that. Yeah. Did you watch it? No, I haven't. But even okay. just looking at the trailer, yeah. I can already see she's going to be my favorite part. Yeah, that's just a good movie, too. Based on the acting. Yeah. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, give you my feedback on that one next week. <laughs> and it's crazy. Cause I would have thought after get out, got so much love that they would start, they would have started to look at horror movies mm. closer and, but they didn't. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, my number two, and I, I'm actually struggling now cause I looked at my list and I wrote down six instead of five. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with Dallas Buyers Club should have won over 12 Years a Slave. Okay. Um, especially because 12 Years a Slave did this one really stupid thing with a character in there. And in a movie where there should not have been, we had Brad Pitt as the Great White Hope. Yeah. Um, and nothing against Brad Pitt. He's a great actor, but he even produced the movie. I want to say too. Yeah. And I think that's, they were like, well, we have him on deck. Why wouldn't we use him? And they put him in the, that role. Like I would have rather seen him as a bad guy, which yeah. Like Paul Dana. Yeah. Like don't just because you have a big name actor doesn't mean he needs to be a fucking superhero the like, guy. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It took a lot of people out of that movie because it felt preachy. To have a, it felt blindsidey, and I mean that not in like it came out of nowhere, but like the movie Blindside. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You can't have a movie that paints that kind of picture and be like, it's all okay because one white person said we support you. Yeah. Like that's the problem that a lot of those movies have. Like it just. I don't know. Like it, it feels like it's a sorry thing, but at the same time, like, Hey, you can't go anywhere without us. Yeah. And I also feel like as far as like black cinema, like it almost like, it, this is like a bad thing. Like in order to get love from the Oscars, if it almost feels like there has to be movies like this, oh, yeah. like movies about slaves and stuff oh, for yeah. them to get any recognition. And I think that there's one movie that didn't though, like moonlight, which one over La La Land. Oh, yeah. That was something that was different. Oh yeah. In that way, but it does suck that there ha- it has to have like a a, sl- a slave like angle to it to get oh, yeah. like love or something. Yeah, and it especially to get like Oscar love, it feels like yeah. it has to have like a historical aspect to it. It yeah. doesn't like Moonlight is the one exception where it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it's solely based. Like, don't get me wrong, it is a big crux of the story, mm-hmm. the race bit, but yeah. it's not. It's not the ma- the the main deal of it. Yeah. If anything, the main deal of it is, is like sexual orientation yeah. and how he deals with it. Especially because he's not, you, you would have to think like being African American is hard enough, but being gay in that community would be even harder. Yeah. It just because you, you're given a double whammy. Yeah. And I think that was the main, the main focus of that. And, and a good thing about 12 years of slave is that I gave, introduced Lupita Nyong'o. Yes. Who was the, it wasn't, um, Daniel Kaluuya in that. Who was the, the main, main dude? Yeah. 
the dude from Doctor Strange. I don't know. Tell Edgefort. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I was like, I couldn't remember who it was. Yeah, but he yeah. was the main dude. Okay. And, I mean, it gave him a jump forward, too, so that's yeah. nice. Yeah, it also gave Lupita Nyong'o an Oscar, too. Oh, did it? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. And I honestly never, I never watched 12 Years a Slave. I just, I know that that was one of the big contention things with uh, that movie was the Brad Pitt thing. Yeah. But I didn't know of her until Black Panther. Okay. So I don't know. Do you know know she was born in Mexico? I did know that actually. Yeah. She speaks Spanish and everything. She has dual citizenship. That's crazy. Yeah. Not related, but do you know who else has dual citizenship that kind of blew my mind? Who? The Rock. To where? Canada. What, really? I think his mom was Canadian. Damn. But, I don't know. That tripped me out. Um, Your number one. My number one is, I think, I don't know, a lot of people know this one. I think a lot of people get infuriated by it like I do. It's fucking Pulp Fiction losing Best Picture to Forrest Gump in 1995. Quick question. Mm -hmm. Has Tarantino ever won a Best Picture? It's something I should have asked you before we started, but... Dude, I want to say... I want to say he did. Because I'm going to lump my... I'm going to lump my two that I screwed up on into one because they're both the same director. They're also Tarantino movies. Okay. Um, I just don't... I can't think of anything he ever won Best Picture for. I honestly don't think he has, but he has two Oscar wins. Um, was it best director? What the heck? Because I think Django. Oh, should've... he's only won two best screenplay awards. Oh, that's it. He's never yeah. won director nope. or picture. Nope. Okay, so which is a fucking crime in and of itself. Yeah, it, that's awful. Yeah. So I'll say that is my snub for number one. But I'm okay. gonna lump my two together with Django not winning over Argo, and Inglorious Bastards not going over Hurt Locker. Okay, because. And this is going to sound kind of stupid, but I feel like Hurt Locker only won to spite James Cameron because it was his ex-wife. <laughs> um, not that it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. I just feel like Inglorious Bastards was better. Yeah. If anything was to go over Avatar, it should have been that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Argo. Was that Ben Affleck's directorial debut? No. What was? Gone Baby Gone, 2009. Okay. But he d- did he direct? Yeah. Okay. He directed Argo. He directed he a movie where he was directing a movie. Yeah. That's meta. Yeah, because he got he has Gone Baby Gone. I think the next one was The Town. And oh, then okay. it was Argo. Yes. And then that one movie that was like took place in the 30s. He was like a gangster or something. Oh. I forgot what it's called. I watched it, but it was like the least successful of his directorial yeah. movies. It, was, it came out right before uh, Batman vs. Superman yep. did, and it mm-hmm. kind of deflated a lot of people's hopes. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, like also another side note, but one of my favorite Ben Affleck movies of all time is The Accountant. Yes, I love that fucking. That's a fantastic movie. Oh, th- there's a twist there that like I didn't catch until the end with him and uh, John Barenthal like yep. being brothers. That tripped me out. Yep. But all overall, I love that movie. Especially yeah. that got me excited to see Ben Affleck across from uh, J.K. Simmons. As yes, because that was like Gordon. right after it was announced that he was going to be Gordon. And he's all fucking jacked in yeah. all those pictures. I was like, oh For my what God. fucking reason? <laughs> well, I think he said he just works out anyways. And oh, he God. tries to stay in that shape. But mm. 
the pictures didn't come out that until looked the gym board more like just staying in shape yeah. it was he he was yoked yeah <laughs> like a mofo yeah that's a movie i can just put on any time and watch oh yeah it's fantastic yeah but yeah pulp fiction it's i think for the time i think it was too artsy and too ambitious i think for them at the time because it was you when you compare it to forrest gump forrest gump is more of a formulaic movie pretty much and it's it's a good movie has a good story but it's not there's there's nothing to it really there's a few movies that should have gone over forrest gump yeah that was just like the kind of it was feel good movie in a way too it's another one of those like great white hope type things too yeah and plus it was tom hanks and i was like when he was like I mean, he's still at the height of his powers, but that was when he was at the height of his oh, powers. Yeah. yeah. And don't get me wrong, he is fantastic. But, like, that whole, like, Little Rock 9 scene, a lot of people were pissed at. Yeah. Uh, there, there was another thing with a black guy in that movie that pissed a lot of people off. The same way that people were pissed off at Marty McFly and Back to the Future for uh, stealing that song and acting oh, like he wrote it. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's just looking too deep into shit. I know. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. They go with the safe thing too much, and do you think, I don't know, this might be just be me, but I think Tarantino, maybe he just releases his movies at the wrong time, <laughs> because if you can, if you put it up to almost any, almost any of his movies, honestly, up to anything else the years that they go, it's kind of hard to argue against. It is, and I don't think he's really one to really care either, because he's just a lover of film. I mean, and I th- he just wants to put this stuff out. I agree, but as a filmmaker, it has to bother you. Otherwise, you wouldn't show up to the award ceremony. Well, yeah, it would bother you, but like overall, at the end of the day, like, I think he just has something he wants to say and that he has to say in these movies, mm-hmm. and he has to put them out. Well, he's an extremely smart yeah. guy. Like, I didn't know this until the other day, but I think he has an IQ of like 140 or 150. Yeah. Actually, no. It's 160. Okay. So, it's it's up there. Yeah. Um. It makes sense why he has like his movies don't feel like they have a formula. No, and I think that's one of the one of the issues too, especially with Pulp Fiction, like issues for like the Academy, is like that movie was like not told like in lin- linear. Yeah, it was, it was like told out of out of out of spot. Yeah, it was essentially a uh, what do you call them uh, anthology movie. Yeah, and I think that's the best way I've ever seen anthology done. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I've watched anthology TV shows, I've watched other anthology movies, and none of them got me as excited as that did. Yeah. Especially finding out where they're connected at. Like, yeah. trying to do the math in your own head. And actually, like, um, my brother has a book, I think it was, that shows the whole timeline and an order of that movie. Oh, like, man. how things go. I, I literally, I watched, uh, or I listened to a watch along with uh, Kevin Smith and Chris Jericho watching it. Oh, and they were arguing over, like, what parts go where because like it can get confusing if you don't like follow it properly yeah especially because like there's a scene where john travolta is dead and then all of a sudden he's in the next scene so it's like and maybe that's like a part of the reason why they didn't choose it because like it doesn't hold your hand yeah it it's weird because it feels like the uh oscars have kind of gone in the other direction recently where Mm -hmm. like now, if a movie does hold your hand too much, it doesn't get a second look. Yeah. In that way, you can kind of say the movie is like ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah, of it. definitely. Yeah. I think a lot of the stuff he does is ahead yeah. of its time because everything he does kind of clues you into what he's going to do next. But 
not in a overtly obvious way. Yeah. Because, like, everyone knew that there was going to be a change in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because of Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. But no one knew how much. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of people thought that maybe in this version, like, Marilyn Man or <laughs> Marilyn Manson, <laughs> Charles Manson would have had a bigger uh, impact on what happened than, like, his actual capacity in real life. And it's crazy because, like, when they were talking about that movie before it was even made, like, everyone was thinking it was just going to be a movie about Charles Manson yeah. and the killing of Sharon Tate. Yeah. And I think the only reason people started getting smart to it is because the only other time he's ever done historical movies, he's done historical fiction with yeah. Inglorious Bastards. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, I mean, when he did history with Hateful Eight, it wasn't really anything actual historical, like, based on any one person. Same yeah. thing with Django. Yeah. So, uh, it had guidelines that had to at least somewhat be followed. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, it's definitely a robbery that he's never gotten an Oscar. Right. Best picture or, or best director. director. Yeah. So, um, you yeah, know, I I don't know a whole lot this year. Uh, I will say just from things I've seen, I'm going to hope for Riz Ahmed for a win. Yeah, either him. I don't know. Is Chadwick Boseman nominated? Because I feel that it'll be he, a he Heath Ledger nominated. situation. Yeah. For uh, Ma Rainey's. Black, I can't remember what it's called, like Black called. Booty or something, something like, like that. that. But it'll be—I think it'll be like a Heath Ledger situation. Okay, with and, that one, and I can agree. And I—I yeah. I do love him as an actor. I thought he was fantastic. I think he's also—he may also be up for the Five Bloods. No, I didn't get any. I saw something on there. I could have sworn I didn't get any. Let me or double- an, I didn't get any major Oscar nominations. Okay. Let me double check really quick. Um. 2021 nominations. Yeah, it might have gotten, like, one of the smaller awards. I wouldn't doubt it. Do-do-do-do. We got... Five Bloods for... What was it? Original score. (laughs) I'm honestly surprised it wasn't more than that because I heard a lot of positive things about that movie when it came out. Okay. But that is kind of crazy. That is the only thing. But yeah, The Sound of Metal, I think, sounds pretty promising. And uh, I definitely want to watch Promising Young Woman as well. That was the other thing that caught my eye on yeah, the list. And you need to watch Pieces of a Woman. Yes. and That's I'll, really good. I'll, I'll get on that soon. It's so hard. Like, 20 years ago, I feel like watching every movie that was involved in the Oscars was a lot easier than it is now. Because not only do you have what comes out in theaters, you have everything that shows up on streaming services. Yeah. And that's never ending because mm-hmm. you have Apple, Prime, HBO Max, HBO Max, Disney, Netflix, Netflix Hulu, Paramount now. Yeah. There's everything has its own streaming service and I'm never going to watch all of it. Yeah. I'm never going to watch everything that's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It feels like a lost cause at this point, but, but at the same time, I feel like it gives like filmmakers more of an opportunity to get stuff out. Oh, a hundred percent, which is cool. It's, it also makes, um, something that, uh, we have in the pipeline down the road, uh, at least more likely than it would have been 20 years ago. Yeah. So, fingers crossed. 
fingers crossed. We can actually like, announce it right now if you want to, that we have something coming. Okay. I, I didn't <laughs> know if you wanted to wait for a video or if we were doing it Yeah, here. we can do this because I'll probably make a post about it too. Okay. Sounds good. Once you look at this and approve of oh, what I, you see. Well, then let's do it. Okay. Go. Yeah, you want me to do it? Do it. Okay, yeah. So um, we have a short film coming out towards the end of this year. Yes, sir. Um, I've been writing it for a while, like... Like, really got into writing it, like, in the past couple months. I've been, like, stressing over it and kind of, like, fixing stuff to the point where, like, I haven't even showed Anthony it because I I just don't want to show him, like, just something. So, I've been, like, going back and forth with it. But, yeah, we got a short film coming. Um, we'll release the title probably in the post. But, yeah, just we got that coming. Yes, sir. I am excited. I've been teasing this <laughs> nonstop in our podcast for the last, like, three months. Yeah. I'm like, can I say it now? Can I say it now? Yeah. Can I say it now? And we were supposed to announce it, like, at the end of February, but like I said, I keep, like, fighting with myself on it, so that's why it's taking a little longer. Yes. But we'll be good. I am excited. Uh, we will keep you guys posted. My name is Anthony Stevens. Damien Leva. Thank you guys so much for following along and watching us on the Super Thwack podcast this week. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. And definitely uh, fo- listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and make sure to leave a like, rate, and subscribe. It helps us reach other viewers, and we really appreciate it. And make sure to subscribe to our channel on Pornhub as well. Uh, it's OnlyFans. I'm not doing that <laughs> shit for free. You got OnlyFans? Not doing it for free, bud. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, we got OnlyFans coming, so keep up to date, bro. We'll see if we can get on Pornhub Premium, too. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> we will see you guys next time. Have a good one. Peace. Peace. Yeah.